welcome to another episode of the Pet Business Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Eliza, and I'm excited to be here today and excited to help you with your pet business. How did you find your pet sitter? I'm not talking about the pet sitters you've hired for your business. I'm talking about the sitter for your own furry family members, especially before you started your business. I was recently in the position of trying to find a new pet sitter for my babies, and let me tell you, it was an interesting experience. We're going to talk today about my adventure on the client side of the pet sitting business and what we can learn from it. I think it's going to be an amazing show, so give the dog a bone and the kitty some catnip and let's dive right in. I've been providing pet parents with quality pet care for many years through my own pet business, Preferred Pet Partners, but recently I got to sit on the other side of the table. As many of you know, my husband and I moved from Nebraska to North Carolina in the middle of the pandemic. My pet business was, and still is, based in Nebraska, and I now run things remotely with the help of two amazing managers. When we moved to a new state, Along with settling in, we found ourselves needing to find a new pet sitter for our brood. I was actually looking forward to the search. When you move, normally you're not really looking forward to having to replace things like your doctor, your dentist. You you have to find new people for all of this and change is a little bit hard sometimes. So you're not really looking forward to it, but I was looking forward to the search for a new pet sitter because I knew it would be an opportunity for me to be exposed to other businesses and best practices that I could consider for my own business. I was excited to learn about all the new and great approaches other pet sitting businesses were using. I'm a big believer in learning from the best and incorporating these practices into my own business. The exercise was enlightening to say the least and more than a little surprising. All names have been changed in this story for privacy, but the stories are true. Here's what I experienced in my search for a pet sitter. The first person I contacted, I'll call her Katie. I located Katie on Rover.com. She seemed pleasant, and we texted back and forth a couple of times. It was Friday when we texted, and she told me she would call me the following Sunday to discuss a time for a meet and greet. Sunday came and went. I reached out to her on Monday to inquire if I'd missed her call somehow. She texted back, giving me no excuse as to why she hadn't contacted me when she said she would, and told me she could call me that evening or Tuesday at noon. I received no call that evening or Tuesday at noon. At 2 p.m. Tuesday, I got a text note from her saying, I didn't forget about you. I woke up late, calling you on my way to work. At this point, I decided that if she wasn't able to make a promised phone call, there was no way she was going to remember to take care of my pets. So what were my learnings and observations from that? One big one. If you say you're going to call someone, call someone. The second person I contacted, I'm going to call her Evelyn. This person was also through Rover. I sent her a note saying that I had kitties and goats that I needed cared for. She texted me back the next day saying she didn't have experience with goats, but was willing to learn. There wasn't really anything else in the text. My learnings from this, 
Evelyn was friendly enough, and I liked that she was open about not having goat experience. What I noticed, though, that there was no call to action. She could have easily asked if or when I wanted to set up a meet and greet, and the conversation would have progressed. As it is, I went on to the next person. Person number three that I contacted. I'm going to call her Sally. I reached out to Sally through Rover. She immediately texted me back. Yay! Her text, however, contained a large number of things that she couldn't or wouldn't do, including, but not limited to, morning visits, visits longer than 30 minutes, and she might or might not be available on weekends. She also told me she didn't know how much she would charge until she met my animals and decided what to charge me for mileage and gas, as I was probably out of her way. What did I learn from this? Kudos for responding quickly to my note. However, I was immediately overwhelmed as a client with all the things that she couldn't do for me. Clients call pet sitters to solve a problem for them. Sally didn't solve my problem and instead gave me a pile of new problems. It's also disappointing that she couldn't tell me how much she would charge. Yes, there are variables, but this is basic. You should at least be able to give the client an idea. Know what you provide and know what you charge. So now I'm on to person number four. I'm going to call her Wendy. I sent her a note, and she sent me a note back through Rover saying, I'll call you tomorrow, but if I forget... Will you please call me and we can set up a meet and greet date? She actually didn't even include her phone number in this message. My learnings from this were, if she has to depend on me, the client, to remind her to call me, then how is she going to remember to visit my pets? Also, the lack of attention to detail, remember she gave me no phone number to call her back, is a big red flag for me. So moving on to person number five, Cindy. Cindy responded to my inquiry note within two hours. She said, thanks for getting in touch. I'm not experienced with goats and chickens, so don't, so I don't feel I'm the best choice. She further recommended another sitter to me. My learnings and observations from Cindy were she did a great job. Even though she turned down the job, she was quick to respond clear about why she couldn't accommodate me, and she provided another reference. I really wish I could have hired Cindy. Person number six I contacted, Gabby. This one was short and sweet. I sent Gabby a message, and she never responded to me. End of story. Person number seven I contacted, Shelby. This person responded to my note within a few hours We worked through some details and set up a meet and greet for the following week. She texted me after we hung up to confirm the appointment, and then again early the day of the meet and greet to confirm, and she showed up on time as promised. My learnings and observations from Shelby were, she was terrific, responsive, amazing, and I hired her. So while my experience was disappointing as a pet owner, It was incredibly helpful as a pet business owner. I took away two messages from my experience. First message, a little common courtesy and professionalism go a long way. The lack of this in many of the people I spoke to was disappointing. 
The other message I took away was that pet owners are struggling. If you, as a pet business owner, can provide responsiveness and timeliness to the people who inquire about your services, even if you're not ultimately a great fit for them, they will appreciate it and they will remember it and they will tell others about you. If you do want to take them on as a client, I guarantee you they will most definitely hire you. That's our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would love it if you'd leave me a review on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And if you're ready to take the plunge and launch your own pet business, or if you feel a bit stagnated and want to take your existing pet business to the next level, then reach out to me for a free strategy planning session at www.thepetbusinesscoach.dog forward slash coaching. That's www.thepetbusinesscoach.dog forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, you always have a choice. Don't forget to choose happiness.